This is episode number 206 of the To Birth and Beyond podcast. We're so excited to have you with us on this episode of To Birth and Beyond. I'm Jessie Mundell, mom, kinesiologist, and fitness coach to pregnant and current moms. And I'm Anita Lambert, mom, pelvic health and orthopedic physiotherapist with a focus on women's health. On the show, we provide information and education on fitness, the pelvic floor, fertility, pregnancy, birth, postpartum, and women's health. We offer a brave space to have candid and vulnerable conversations on the struggles and joys of motherhood, including all aspects of our physical, mental, and emotional health. While you're listening in, please remember that the information on the show is not meant to diagnose or treat any medical conditions. Please speak with your medical provider for all things related to your healthcare. We're so excited to have you. Let's dive into today's show. Hello, everyone. Well, today is a really fun conversation between my friend and colleague, Rena Parek, who, if you're not following yet or haven't been introduced to, I highly recommend you go check out Rena on IG. The link to get those details is in the show notes for today. Rena is someone who I've been connected with for a couple of years now on the internet, and I just really enjoyed watching her return to exercise postpartum and her mindset shift around exercising and body image, et cetera, especially when it comes to working out with pelvic organ prolapse. I know so many of you can relate. There can be a lot of fear and anxiety around exercising, especially weight training and higher impact, higher intensity exercise with prolapse. And I think that Rena does a really great job at speaking to those anxieties and fears that have come up in regards to symptoms and kind of the frustrating parts that can come with prolapse, but also really redefining her relationship to her symptoms and allowing herself to find some calm and ease about it. And in return, that has made her feel a lot better about that prolapse and made her experience with exercising postpartum with prolapse much more enjoyable and less of a quote unquote thing. And as she'll tell you in this episode, one of the most important things that she has taken from another one of our colleagues, Aaliyah, who is a pelvic physio and was on the podcast a few episodes back was to get her head out of her vag. So I think that what you're going to hear in this episode is really powerful and will be impactful for you, especially if you're someone who also has pelvic organ prolapse and wants to get back to all the fun exercise that you love. So go enjoy Rena Park. Hello, friends. Welcome back to another episode of To Birth and Beyond. It's Jesse Mundell. And today we're so lucky to have my friend and colleague, Rena Park, with us, who I am so excited to introduce you to. If you do not know Rena yet, I'm going to give you a quick little snapshot about Rena, and then we'll have you introduce yourself and maybe share some other things with us. So Rena is owner and head coach of her own fitness training business. Rena is a mom of two kids and a fellow pre and postnatal exercise specialist, specializing in supporting pregnant and postpartum people through strength training and exercise during major life transitions with really intentional 
exercise programming done in a pelvic floor aware way. Rena is based in Toronto, Canada, and is also an advocate for diversity and representation in fitness and maternal mental health. So Rena, thank you for being here. Can you tell us, one, what are your pronouns? And two, what else is there to you? Who else is Rena that I didn't share in that little bio of you? Well, that was quite the introduction. <laughs> uh, well, thank you, Jesse. I'm excited to be here. So my pronouns are she, her, and I don't think you missed anything. Um, I'm a business owner. I'm a parent, and we are existing through this weird time of a pandemic and just figuring things out. Yes, yeah. we are trying to figure things out. <laughs> it's been 18 uh, months of figuring it out. But who's counting? <laughs> I know. Oh, gosh. Okay, well, I thought it'd be really cool to talk to you today about a number of different things, of course, that we could sit here and chat about probably for hours. But I wanted to focus in on your experience with strength training and exercise with pelvic organ prolapse mm-hmm. and specifically on building confidence in yourself and your body through the process of working with prolapse and getting back to an exercise routine that was maybe a bit more or has been a bit more moderate to intense in nature and yeah what that whole journey has been like so let's kick it off with just telling us what has the prolapse journey for you what has that been like when did you find out you had a prolapse how did you know start there for us all right. So I think we're going to cover a lot, it sounds like, um, in this in this chat. So if we want to take it right back to the beginning, um, I was pregnant with my daughter in 2018. She's my second child. And pregnancy was quite different than my first. It was a little bit more challenging in ways. I was experiencing a lot more physical differences. She sat differently, much lower into my pelvis. And my whole lifestyle had been different too. Um, when I was pregnant with my son, I was working in a corporate career. So I was at a desk job versus 2018 when I was working in a gym. And so lots of things had changed since then. And, you know, the way that I exercise as well had changed. I was, I went into that pregnancy, probably the strongest I had ever been. I just dug deep into this new passion of lifting. I was consistently lifting up until I found out I was pregnant. And even through my pregnancy, I was able to uh, continue exercising, which was amazing. What brought me to my pelvic floor physio, and again, because we're in this world, we know that this is available to us, but I feel like this is one of those conversations I have with people where where they're like, oh, well, it's just pregnancy-related aches and pains, so it's not a big deal. It'll just go away. This is, you know, we settle for it. I could not settle for it because I was so uncomfortable in my body. My girdle pain was uncomfortable, things just weren't feeling great. So I went to see uh, a Cairo and a pelvic floor physio. And when I did my internal exam with the physiotherapist, she learned that I had a very, very tight pelvic floor. Um, So hypertonic muscles. And as we know, that can lead to all kinds of um, symptoms and discomfort and all of that. So that's when the release work started. And if you've ever had release work done on your pelvic floor, it is not a fun experience. 
but it was necessary because at this point we were prepping for birth. So this was like early into my third trimester. And so I was going consistently to see her almost weekly, I think at that time. And then all of a sudden, you know, at some point there was this new sensation that I felt in my body and it was not towards the front. It was towards the back. And I guess nothing's TMI on this podcast, right? Cause we talk about it all. So I, I was experiencing chronic constipation through this entire pregnancy, no matter what I did, I was having trouble with my digestion. And so this new sensation toward was towards the back of my body. I was like, this is new. And this is something that I share a lot because it is a new sensation that was unfamiliar to me. There was something different happening in my body and I didn't know what it was. And I think, again, like I said before, a lot of times we settle Um, especially as women and mothers, we settle and just assume that this is just part of the process, but something was different. So I talked to my pelvic floor physio and she said, well, let's take a look. So they took a look (laughs) and um, sure enough, I was experiencing prolapse. I had a rectocele, it was low grade, and that was being exasperated by constipation, by pregnancy. And so it was symptomatic for me. At the time, I remember feeling really devastated. I don't want to discount the whole experience because in order for a physio to check for a rectocele, they have to go up in your business. And so the whole experience was really emotional and something that, you know, as I talk about it, I'm kind of reliving those emotions. It's just, it, it takes you through a whole loop. And then if you're pregnant on top of that, you know, there's a whole set of hormones doing what they're doing. And so, you know, it was really coming to terms with it at one point. And, you know, I remember sharing very, very openly on Instagram through stories after every physio appointment, I would talk about what happened in that appointment. And there was some healing for me in there. And I know, you know, it helped a lot of other people feel less alone or feel less scared about physiotherapy. So I think it was healing in a lot of ways for many, many people, but, you know, this is something that we just don't run home to our partners necessarily and talk to our partners about. And I know a lot of people, you know, may feel ashamed uh, by having a prolapse or feel broken. And, you know, all these feelings are quite common, but, you know, sharing about it is what helps normalize the conversation. So that's when I really started opening up about it. Anyways, we'll fast forward difficult birth, postpartum, I'm a hot mess, <laughs> you know, lots of tears, very uncomfortable and a lot of pain. I had a vaginal delivery and I could feel the heaviness now in my front. And this was early postpartum. So I was still very much healing, but I was freaking out. I was cr- sobbing didn't know what to do. I was like, I have another prolapse. What is going on? Something is going to fall out of my body. It felt like I had an organ coming out of my body. And so I emailed my physio in a panic and said, this is happening. What do I do? And she said, first of all, you just had a baby. So I want you to take a step back, try to give yourself some grace, some time to rest, some time to heal. And I'll see you, you know, at the six to eight week mark. So let's, you know, if you want to book an appointment now, we can. If you want to wait to do that, you can. I said, okay. So that helped me put my mind at ease a little bit. And, you know, I did talk to my partner at that time. I felt really 
broken. I felt really ashamed. I felt really unattractive. And I feel like a lot of these things we kind of feel in postpartum, but it just became compounded because now this was something else I had to deal with. And the other question coming up was, am I going to be able to exercise again the way that I remember exercising? Because it's such a big part of who I am and my life. And it plays such an important role in supporting my mental health that I was at this point where like, what do I do if I can't go back to the gym? You know, and it sounds cheesy, but for me, it was a really big deal. And it's just been, it's just been a journey since then. I did get checked out. I was really lucky to have access to physiotherapy. Um, So when I went, you know, after I had my daughter, I had a low grade um, cystocele. So now I have two low grade prolapses and one was symptomatic and one was not. So it became about learning more about this thing that I now have to live with because it's not necessarily reversible. Sometimes I feel it, sometimes I don't. How do I manage that? And so that's really where everything kind of began for me. And yeah, it's been over two years now. Mm-hmm. of figuring it out and figuring like, it out. Yeah. And like you're saying, it's just prolapse can really be a thing that just shifts and changes as you go from the day to day through your menstrual cycles, through periods of stress and low sleep. Like we were talking about before we started recording of you sleeping in your daughter's bed last night with the toddler. It's just yep. so many life things that can impact it. But what I Absolutely. think is so powerful about what you're sharing is that a diagnosis, let's say, of pelvic organ prolapse isn't just about the pelvic floor condition itself. Like you were saying, it's about all the other things that are then you feel like are impacted too, or the worries and the fears and the anxieties and all the stories that come up as well. So worried that exercising isn't going to be possible or, you know, you will be able to do it how you want to do it. Thinking Mm -hmm. about your body being a certain kind of way or wanting it to be a certain kind of way to be worthy and valuable and when we already have all these stories about our bodies to begin with when we're already going through a difficult time postpartum this Mm -hmm. diagnosis of prolapse can just feel like are you kidding me one more thing to try to deal with right now 100 it and one thing we don't talk enough about i think in this world of pelvic health is the impact it has on mental health And so being postpartum, being somebody who has a history of anxiety and depression, I was already quite vulnerable. And this was one of the things that contributed to my postpartum depression. It was because I had, again, like I said, we have have stories about our bodies and then we have, we go through pregnancy, we go through birth and we feel like our body isn't our own for so long, for so many reasons. And all of a sudden, it's just like this other part of you just feels broken. And now you feel unattractive to your partner. And like, you know, and being a fitness professional, like, I should have recovered from my birth, but you know, fairly quickly, and I'm not bouncing back. And there's all of these things that just compound. And once you go down the rabbit hole, it's really hard to pull yourself out. So it was definitely a contributing factor to 
what happened with my mental health around that time postpartum as well. Yeah, absolutely. And so you were saying that it was even before you had that six to eight week postpartum appointment with your pelvic PT. So you would have been really quite early postpartum when you first felt those sensations of the cystocele. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Within like, within like probably the first few days. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. So then trying to uh, trying to even think through it or process it on any level when you're going through so much at that time, is just like, what can you even do? There's literally nothing you can do. Right. That's why I emailed her, (laughs) but that, but that also goes to show, you know, having somebody to talk to, um, to almost kind of bring you down and have you take a step back and to hear you, to validate your feelings and who sees you is so, so important. And this is part of the postpartum care that I know you advocate so strongly for as do I and so many other people I know because we need we need those system, we need those people and those supports in place even before we go into it yeah so then what did returning to exercise look like initially for you and what were you thinking about the prolapse so, you know, this is a blur to me a little bit um, because I was so underslept. <laughs> and I remember my initial return to exercise. I went back to a coach that I was working with uh, pre-pregnancy and during pregnancy. And my goal was to get back into exercise and to drop the weight. I was very much focused on aesthetics at the time. I, which is unusual for me to say, but you know, we've all, I feel like we've all kind of been in different places of our fitness journey. And this was well before I changed the way that I coach and the way that I approach fitness as well. And this person I was working with is a, what you would call a body transformation coach. I'm putting that quote air quotes here. Uh, Somebody who provides meal plans and um, a very strict regimen. And every, you know, you check in every two weeks with pictures and measurements and all of that. And I thought I was ready to go back to that. Turns out I wasn't (laughs) Um, for so many obvious reasons that weren't obvious to me at the time. Another contributing factor to my postpartum depression because I was going through this fitness journey. And even though this person is a parent and has worked with lots of parents before, she couldn't empathize with my situation. She knew nothing about pelvic organ prolapse other than the surface stuff that they talked about in whatever certification she had. And because I was already, you know, who I was and doing what I do, she assumed that I would be okay to navigate this on my own. For, and for a good part of it, I was. But I found that I was plateauing at a certain point because I was too scared to go forward with certain things. I was uncomfortable with my symptoms. I didn't know how to deal with my symptoms. I would just end up stopping to stopping exercise, um, which I don't, which doesn't feel good because, you know, you feel like you're, you're failing. And so, you know, at some point I had to stop. Um, A big part of that was the meal plan and nutrition aspect of it. Uh, because it is very Eurocentric. It is, you know, weighing and measuring food and writing down every single thing that you're eating and then being told that, you know, you shouldn't be snacking. It really does a number on your mental health when you're already vulnerable. And so I, I'm going to, you know, say I made the smart decision to let that go. And I cut off my uh, membership with this person 
and decided to, you know, <laughs> say screw the meal planning. It was more that than anything that made me leave that relationship. And then I went back to my gym where I was a personal trainer. And the one of the owners is also a, a female strength coach. And so I turned to her to for help. And she was really one of the first people, along with my physio, who helped me reframe how I look at prolapse and what it means to exercise with these new symptoms and what it means to learn to manage these symptoms by listening to my body. And that was, you know, probably about August or September of 2019. And since then, it's just been, it's been progressive. With gym shutting down in the pandemic, that really threw me through a loop uh, in terms of my own fitness stuff, um, I think for a lot of people. And, uh, you know, we were lucky enough to invest in a squat rack and barbell, which is my favorite thing about my house right now, <laughs> uh, because I was able to continue strength training. And so even now I work with uh, a virtual coach who allows me the flexibility and the autonomy to modify my workouts when I need to modify them, but I'm still progressing strength wise and really for me that it has been one of the biggest highlights over the past year and a half is being able to do that. Um, and I don't think I would have been able to get where I am today without first learning how to reframe going into exercise with prolapse and then really tuning into my own body and understanding what it needs, what it needs it, what's going to exasperate my, my symptoms, like my cycle for sure is one of those it's timed, you know, with like the cycle of the moon. I just know as soon as that happens, I know it's time. And now I don't freak out about it. I know how, I know what to do because I know what works for me. So it's become a very individualized thing. I think. And I think that's going to change person to person. But these strategies, there's so many that we can choose from to see what works, works for us individually, um, as opposed to having a, you know, a cookie cutter plan, or just assuming that we can't exercise anymore, or we can't do the things that we want to do anymore. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think that is what is still likely like in the general fitness realm thought of as the strategy with prolapse that if you have symptoms, just stop, mm -hmm. don't do anything. And once those symptoms go away, then we'll revisit it. But I would love for you to tell us what is your approach? What are some of those strategies that really do work for you right now? Right now um, is easing up on, on the, on the load. Um, you know, if I'm feeling very symptomatic going into a workout, I will do my breathing exercises, all those fun things we learned early, early on. So deep core breathing, maybe some pelvic floor uh, exercises to um, warm up essentially warm up my core and pelvic floor and prep my body for exercise. And then I gradually add load. So I'll do a few warm up sets, see how I feel, um, and then just go for it. And, you know, I may not be necessarily hitting a new PR that day, but I know what my threshold is. And I'm honoring the time in between those sets to rest. I'm taking a moment to breathe. I'm putting my feet up to breathe. And that is become such a natural thing for me 
now that I don't even think about it anymore. One of the things that helped reframe symptoms for me as well is, so what? They're there. Like, so what? Okay, so my prolapse is like, hey, how's it, how's it going, prolapse? Like, how's it going? <laughs> you know, somebody would call, but I think it's a tarot who uh, says penny prolapse is what she called it. Um, and you just kind of say, hey, okay, I see you. I feel you. I hear you. You're here but I'm not going to let you stop me. Right. And so does it mean I'm going to go do sprints if I'm feeling super symptomatic? Probably not because I know it's not going to make me feel great. Not because I'm scared that I'm going to make things worse. And I think that's a really big distinction too, is that if you push yourself a little bit, you're not necessarily going to make things worse. Yeah. That's so important. And this is something that Anita calls having a flare up plan that she Mm -hmm. talks through with her pelvic physiotherapy clients is that we have to do some sort of re-education around the symptoms because we, if you go down the doctor Google rabbit hole with prolapse, it can be very scary what you're going to see or read And what if the symptoms are actually not that scary? How Mm -hmm. can we reframe our understanding of them and our beliefs and our stories around them? So I think that's so key that you mentioned. And also the other thing that I was thinking as you were talking about how you might back off with the load or you might take some extra rest between sets or put your feet up, get into an elevated position with the pelvis It's so important to do that mindset work around your relationship to exercise and to your body image Mm -hmm. alongside this re-education of the symptoms too. It's almost like those things absolutely have to be paired together. Definitely. And, you know, it's also reminding myself that it's not just the exercise that's bringing on these symptoms. So it's not a direct result of exercise you know there's a good chance I haven't slept because I haven't slept in seven years (laughs) you know really (laughs) let's be honest here Um, my kids are both not great sleepers it'd be my cycle which I said you know is like clockwork I know it's coming Uh, it could be dehydration could be stress it could be so many things so also assessing that you know if we've had a really long day at the end of the day if we're feeling symptomatic Instead of saying, oh my gosh, this is another thing, which is so easy to get into that comfort zone of feeling bad about it, saying, okay, I see you, I hear you, and honoring what your body, what what does my body need right now? Am I dehydrated? Do I need to just put my feet up and breathe so that my nervous system can calm down? Maybe I need to go for a walk, you know, maybe I need some fresh air. And so it's really assessing what it is your body needs as a whole, as opposed to just exercise. And I think that you know, people get really worried around exercise and prolapse, but they don't consider so many other factors that play a role in our pelvic health, not just prolapse, but really so many other um, symptoms and things that we feel within our body are contributor are um, a result of other contributing factors in our lives and stressors in our lives. Yeah, absolutely. It's so, so key. All right. So what I would love to finish off with is what would, what did you need to hear at say those first few days postpartum when you felt that cystocele or the bladder prolapse ramping up, what would have been really helpful for you to hear then? Oh, I think in that moment, it is just being heard and being validated 
you know, I think in those early days, it's easy to say, yeah, but you just had a baby. You need to relax. <laughs> I've never met a relaxed postpartum parent in my life. Um, somebody, especially a few days, right? Like we can't just relax. We can't just, you know, it's not just, you know, okay, I had, I, I'm going to tell myself I had a baby and just be okay with it. It's really somebody saying, I see you. I hear you. Your feelings are valid. And right now, you know, understanding what do you need right now in this moment? Because this is something, you know, and it was like my physio said, right now, here's what you can do. I will see you in six to eight weeks and we can talk about it and come up with a plan so that we can help you. And so you can get to a place where you feel okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's, you know, it's just like you said, allowing people to have their feelings about it and validating Mm -hmm. them. It's like when your kid is freaking out about whatever they might be freaking out about. And you're like, it's fine. It's fine. It's okay. You're okay. That feels shitty for everyone. Totally. Yeah. And it's just letting, it's letting you have the feelings, you know, and my husband does that to me a lot. He's like, well, what's wrong? And I'm like, nothing. I just need to be upset right now. So I've learned to say, I just need to cry right now because they go like, you know, oftentimes, you know, he's um, somebody who does this very often. I think a lot of people can relate. They go into problem solving mode. Like, how do I solve this problem? You can't solve my prolapse problem. You can't fix how I feel in my body right now. So I need you to just hear me and see me and validate my feelings for me and maybe give me a hug. (laughs) You know, like that was, that was really it. Um, And I will, I will say, I know we're wrapping up. I will say the best piece of advice I got was from Aaliyah, who I know you did a a podcast episode with. She's, she was the physio that I I saw um, in postpartum before I started going back into exercise. And she told me to get my head out of my badge. She said, Rena, you're not deadlifting with your vagina or your pelvic floor. You're lifting with your full body. So get your head out of your vag, (laughs) you know, and she said in the most nicest, most genuine way. But really, for me, it was a huge uh, shift in perspective because I was lifting with my pelvic floor as opposed to lifting with my body. And so I just I needed to get myself out of my vagina and into my full body when I was back in the gym and picking up a barbell. Yes, such good advice. Yeah, I love yeah. that Aaliyah says it because it is so true to just, yeah, allow yourself to, yeah, remember that it's not only your pelvic floor that is doing the things. Oh, yeah, that's so, so key. All right. Well, Rena, tell the people where they can find you on the internet and how they can yeah, read more from you, hear more from you. Amazing. So you can find me on Instagram. That's where I live. Uh, my handle is at it's Rena Park and my website is renapark.com. Amazing. We'll put that all in the show notes. Amazing. Thank you. Thank you for being on. So good to Thank talk you. with you. Thanks for having me. We hope you enjoyed listening to this episode of the To Birth and Beyond podcast. You can find any links or resources we discussed in the show notes at tobirthandbeyond.com. And if you enjoyed today's show, we would love for you to leave us a review on iTunes and subscribe to the To Birth and Beyond podcast in iTunes or Stitcher. 